I've been feeling vibes all day. I've been feeling vibes all night. Let me breathe and meditate. Elevators, that all right? It's energy. Vibes, 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 energy. Vibes, 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 energy. Vibes, 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 energy. I try to reach everybody, but I can't reach everybody. I may not be Hey, what's going on, good people? It's your girl T Hardaway. And it's Michael Basel. And this is the Did It for the Hood podcast, baby. Indeed. And we are back again another Tuesday. We happy to see you. Okay, so <laughs> I have another wonderful guest because you know we only bring you the best. Okay. okay. <laughs> this woman, when I met this woman in law school, this woman was like, Yeah, I'm a pharmacist. I said, But you had a law school. She's like, Yeah. I'm gonna do this too. I said, like, oh, "Okay, well, you about that life then? I I couldn't get one career under my belt. You got two, maybe three. I don't know. I'm sure she hustled on the side. Um, but she's uh, active in pharmacy. She's also an attorney barred in the state of Florida. I'm not sure if she's barred in the other states, but she's she out here getting it, y'all. She out here getting it. Y'all give it up for um Easter, Floyd Clark. Did I say it right? You got it right. I got it right. I got it right. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, of course. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Uh, so we're gonna kick it off like we always kick it off. Tell us your story. Um, where do you want me to start? Wherever you want to. Um, so I went to pharmacy school right out of high school. Okay. So um that's one of the professional programs that you can do right out of high school. Um it's six years, so two years of prereqs, um, all of of course the core classes that everybody takes, no matter what their major is, and then um um the science courses. So the bios, the chems, the AMPs, um, anatomy and physiology, that is. So all those science courses, and as long as you complete those successfully, then you can continue on into the um, pharmacy program. So you have the pre-professional and then the professional. So I did that right out of high school and then um, decided towards the ladder of pharmacy school that I wanted to go to law school. And you know how most schools, especially like HBCUs, I'm a product of a HBCU times two. Um, so, you know, they'll bring in different um, professionals, different people to kind of let you know where you can go and what you can do um, with your career. And it was, I want to say it was like a couple of people that they brought in that did have JDs. And I do remember where it was one guy who was, um, he was a, a, a military person and he had a JD as well. So I was thinking like, gosh, you know, that's something that I might be interested in. Didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with it or whatever. But, you know, law school was something that kind of started sticking out and I put it, you know, on my radar. And um, I just decided that, yeah, I'm gonna go to law school when I'm done. But of course, you know, everybody had already graduated. Most of my friends or whatever, because you know, the average college student is spending what, four years, maybe five if they wanna draw it out or whatnot. And so uh, my friends are graduating, living, making money, coming back from to homecoming and I'm still a struggling college student. So it was kind of like, not really a rush to um, be done and live, but just kind of um, be done with school, I guess. Like I wanna be done with school. And so um, I was like, I'm going to law school, but maybe not right now. Took the LSAT and um, didn't do well at all. 
didn't do well at all. So I think that that probably was why I was like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll come back and revisit it or whatever. And I think it was my last year of pharmacy school when I first took the LSAT. And that was when I was like, um, I'll come back to this because, you know, taking the LSAT, I'm sure you can relate T, is something that when you get those scores, it kind of make you start to rethink things. And you probably did way better than me. But um, when, probably I not, took- child. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> when I took it, I was like, OK, maybe it's not for me. But um, anyway, I was like, you know, I'm done with this. I have a degree. Um, I can go and live comfortably. And um. That was what I did. I just kind of got out, decided I'll take a break. I'm going to move to Florida because I went to Hampton University in Virginia. So tired of the black guys, tired of the cold. So I'm going to come down to Florida. I'm going to get me a, get my residency, live in Florida for a little bit, um, go back to school. And I took the LSAT again, still didn't do well. And I was like, now something not right. And the crazy thing is I even applied to um, FAMU. I applied to FAMU like twice before they actually accepted me. Wow. Yeah. And um, so I applied to, and I did like maybe two applications or so, um, didn't get accepted. And then um, I just went on living. Fast forward started um settling down got married I had a baby and then mm-hmm. I decided like I'm not doing this for the next 20 years working in pharmacy that is um and my career was okay you know I had a, a fairly cushy position I was the only pharmacist in my department I worked in a team with um doctors and nurses doing clinical research with HIV and AIDS patients mm-hmm. always had retail in my back pocket to kind of play around with um I love traveling so that pretty much was my travel money. Um, so I did the clinical research, was doing the retail on the side, and then I decided, no, I'm not doing this for another 20 years. And then, you know, if you have kids, things start to change your whole perspective and outlook. It completely changes. And so um, that's when I decided I'm going back to law school. And I had an old, and when I say old, it was very old, like I say probably months from being five years old. And, you know, most schools only take a score that's five years old. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just kind of cast my net to see what would happen. And I got in. Wow. And I got into a school. Um, it wasn't my ideal or school that I would have ordinarily applied to, but I talked to one of my friends. She was out in practicing she was a lawyer we actually went to Hampton together and she kind of gave me like some guidance or whatever on how to apply and go about it and she was like at look at this point you've already got a degree you've already got a college experience you just want to go to law school I was like you're right so um I applied and I got in and then um the rest is history Mm. okay It's, it's so much in that Oh my gosh. Okay. So you started out in pharmacy. You did that from high school. You went into a six-year program, did pharmacy, worked for a little bit, took the LSAT, wasn't happy with your results, then finally decided, okay, I can't do pharmacy forever. I'm going to go ahead and go to law school. Grabbed your old LSAT scores that were right on the brink of expiration, (laughs) submitted them, got into school, and now we're here. Well, I'm sure there was more happening after that, but and now you know here. what? In between, I did go um, and I got a master's. Okay. Wow. So I got a master's in public health, and okay. that program I did very well in. I think I had a very high GPA, so I figured that that 
couple with, and my GPA from pharmacy school wasn't bad either. Right. Uh, it wasn't as high as my master's program, but I figured that GPA with my um, pharmacy GPA and the fact that I already had a professional degree, I figured I might have a little bit better shot. So oh, yeah. I, that combined with that not so good LSAT score mm -hmm. and it worked out. <laughs> no, but I, I was going to say, even without that, even without the master's degree, like your, if I was reading your resume, if I was reading that, it will pop off the page for me right there. Like, cause you already have shown that you can go and complete at a high level because mm -hmm. pharmacy school for people who don't know pharmacy school is not no joke. That's that you become a doctor once you leave pharmacy school. So it's not like a play play program. So already, if I saw that on admissions, I would have been like, all right, I'm pretty sure she could probably do law school too. You know, this might just be a fluke or whatever, but okay, cool. So you did all of those things. Um, where, where are you originally from? I'm originally from South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. So South Carolina. South Carolina. And then came down to Florida. You went to Hampton. We forgive you. We forgive you. Hampton I'm University. Sure Don't you do that. We're not, <laughs> not going to have no HBCU beef. No. Exactly. Never. Where did I, you go? You went to, other than FAMU, where did you go? I went to Bethune Cookman. Oh, okay. Now I'll forgive you. Oh. <laughs> Stop it. I'll forgive you because we all know black excellence and that oh. Hampton embodies pure black excellence. Yeah, <laughs> but we both rattlers, so we're gonna round it out right there. We, both, now we can agree we, on that. We both rattlers. <laughs> okay, so yeah. um when when you even decided to do the pharmacy from the beginning, why did you even want to do that? Um you know what? That's something that when I like, cause you know, people always like, oh, ever since I was like five years old, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. Um, I think I'm just such a free spirit. I wasn't one of those people who was like, I needed to box myself into anything. Mm -hmm. So I can't really say that when I was five, I knew I wanted to be this or I knew I wanted to be that because I would be lying. Um, I just knew that when I was in high school, I did enjoy science classes. I enjoyed going to the chemistry lab. I enjoyed going to the bio lab and, you know, dissecting a small pig and dissecting the worm and the frog. And hopefully y'all don't have animal lovers that's going to be listening. It was for I science, y'all. <laughs> when you said anatomy and physiology earlier, I was like, help, I don't know. That is all the way. And so, yes. Yeah. So um, that was the stuff that I, I enjoyed and I liked. Um, math was okay. It wasn't like I was a math whiz, but it was something that I did. Um, actually, I did it well enough to, you know, get get through high school. I did some advanced level math courses and then mm. college and a pharmacy curriculum. So um, I can't say that I hate math, but I won't say that I love it either. But I can definitely tolerate it and get through it. I feel you. I feel you. And I think that's that's also something that people think that um, they think when you're going through these programs, you're going to love every single thing that you're doing. Sometimes you just have to get over the hard part so you can get to the good parts. And mm -hmm. like math was just let's just get over this so we can get on to the next part of it. Exactly. And it's, crazy. it's crazy you say that, T, because my next question was going to be like, what were there anything like any unexpected turns that came along your journey? Anything that was like kind of caught you off guard or like kind of, yeah. Um, the only thing that I could say is probably um, my program that I did, the pharmacy program is actually six years. 
And everybody was always saying, oh, you can't take organic chem at Hampton. You can't take organic chem. Oh, you have to do this. You have to do that. And you you know how it is. If you're a science major, the program, the classes, the professors, none of them are usually American. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. not that that's a bad thing or whatever, mm -hmm. but, you know, they can be kind of tough. Sometimes there's a language barrier and um, everybody just was like, oh, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. Blah, blah, blah. So me kind of getting caught up in that hype, I felt like I needed to take um, organic chemistry away from the school, take it during summer mm -hmm. school, whatever. So I had a bright idea where I was going to go and take it during summer school. And then I was going to come back and um move on into my program and it didn't work out that way. So that in turn costed me a whole year. So I had to go back because I didn't take both parts. I took one part and I got a C minus. Mm -hmm. And with the pharmacy program, you have to have C's in all of your major subjects. Mm -hmm. So I got a C minus. So I went back and I took it at Hampton against all of the chatter not to do right. this do that or whatever and I passed it and so um that was the really major thing but aside from that there wasn't any like traumatic experiences or anything that I had aside from just regular college student drama and issues or whatever yeah no mm -hmm. we, we 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 encourage no trauma we, we appreciate okay. that we get yeah. we get tired of the oh my god I slept. It's just my relationship car. problems. That is a that is a okay. But yeah, no, none of that. Okay, that's cool. That's Gucci. So now you're in the law. Mm -hmm. Why? What? What type of law do you practice? So I started out doing a lot of business. Um, when I say business, like in corporations, a little bit of um, intellectual property, my goal was to just do all intellectual property, but um, that's not as that that client is not as easy to come by. Um, and then this is the era of DIYing. So um, I also have some estate planning. Then I kind of mm. picked that up. Um, and that's something that I was able to get myself up to speed with, you know, studying, doing some CEs, reading um staying abreast and reading the statutes or whatnot so i do estate planning um of course some personal injury i don't care what these lawyers tell you that their practice area is they all do personal injury yep they all do yeah. so i do some personal injury um but the bulk of it that i do is like personal injury um some estate planning and then every now and then i have <laughs> stuff sprinkled in and that can consist of like some contracts um disagreements over contracts um negotiating contracts um incorporating new businesses getting their new paperwork drafted and startup paperwork that they may need so that's the bulk of what i'm doing eventually i am going to take the patent bar i have taken it i have not passed it um but i still am proud of myself for facing it because that is something that's very difficult and um if it's something that you don't know which that was completely brand new territory for me um it was like i want to pass but when i didn't pass i wasn't surprised because everything was just brand new and even though i took a, a patent workshop at um famu it in no way prepared me for that exam so um, that's something that I have um, as a future goal for me. Okay. And you will pass it because we name it and claiming it. Okay. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> yes, we are. You're going to pass that thing. Don't you worry. 
It's only yeah. a matter of time before before you uh, achieve that milestone. So we ain't even worried about that. Mm -hmm. So in your time as an attorney, how long have you been practicing? Um, Two years. The okay. 25th May, two years exactly that I've been sworn into Florida Bar. Okay, cool. Are you barred anywhere else? No, just okay. Okay. So in your time of being an attorney, I know you get all these different crooks and turns when you come into careers. Because I always like to say, like, everybody says, oh, this is going to be like this from the outside looking in. Then once mm -hmm. you get inside, you're like, oh, this is not exactly what y'all told me this would be. So what is something unexpected that you've run into now that you're an attorney? Um, I think the the main thing is just, um, you know, everybody always talk about how we need more representation. We need, need more diversity. We need more black and brown lawyers. And I say we need more black because brown can consist of um, all the non-black people. So we need more black lawyers specifically. Um, but I just felt like I would be, and when I say embrace, like I just thought that it would be more of like whenever I go into a room and I see a familiar face and familiar mean someone that looks like me, um, another black female, that it would be, you know, more warming and, you know, more of an embrace. And even if it wasn't like a, a physical, literal, like hug and embrace or whatever, but, you know, just kind of like, hey, um, I don't know, but my expectation wasn't clear. But at the same time, too, I thought that it would be um a bit more than what I got because you will run across people or you'll cross paths with people and they'll tell you, oh, if there's anything I can do to help you or if um, you need anything or yeah, I can help you with this or I can help you with that. Um, but then when you reach out to these people, it's crickets. Mm -hmm. And then I've also noticed too that sometimes when you walk into the room and they see you when you see them, they'll give you this look like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. I should be the only unicorn. They oh. can't be unicorns because, you know, unicorns are mythical creatures and they're far and few. So who invited you? So, yeah. And that's kind of the norm. That's kind of the norm. So it's not like, oh, we see each other and we gravitate towards each other and we want to learn and see how, how we can help each other. It's more so like who invited you? Right. Yeah. Be competitive. Yeah. Yeah, like that that unspoken competition, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm supposed to be the token, you know, black person or black oh. girl. So that and it, you know, and as many times as, as I've already experienced it, it still takes me every time that it happens. Like I, I won't get used to it. And it's like it it doesn't have to be this way. So so yeah, that's the biggest thing. That's the mm. biggest thing. You know why you can't get used to it? You can't get used to it because that's not your intention. Right. Yeah. So it's not in your heart. So you're like, this is still strange to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's so not me. Like, I'll I'll give and give freely, especially when it comes to time and information. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. No. I'm I'm the same way. What were you yeah. going to say, Mike? I was just going to say, so like, how did you deal with that ultimately? I'm sorry. What was that? I said, how did you deal with that ultimately? Just when you facing that 
Um, you know what? I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, like I said, I'll never get used to it, but it doesn't bother me. It's kind of like it's expected. Mm -hmm. So when it doesn't happen, you know, of course, I appreciate it. Um, I love it. Um, I feel warm and fuzzy inside. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things I don't let it bother me. I just carry on whatever my goal and my mission is. That's mm -hmm. pretty much what I'm focused on because you know you end up missing out because I know what my attributes are and what I bring to the table. So it's like you you miss out. Not mm -hmm. not me. Even though, you know, we may be able to help each other at the same time too. I know me and I know how I am and who I am. So whatever it is, I'm gonna get it done at the end of the day, whether it's with you or you know somebody else. Absolutely. Straight like that. So now that you have all these accolades and these different things that you're doing, even though you're new to the law industry, your legal industry, you you have some pharmacy under your belt. You still practice in pharmacy, right? I still practice pharmacy, yeah. Okay, so you out here getting bags in every direction. I feel you. As you should. As you should. <laughs> As you should. Um, what is it that you want to accomplish now in overall or in just your legal field? Where do you want to accomplish? What's your major goal you're trying to get? Um, so I told you about the patent bar. For sure. So I want to do um the patent bar. And I was actually just reading an article like last week. So the USPTO has all these like initiatives or whatever, because they want more, um, not just, like I said, brown, because people be kind of lumping us together, but we we not monoliths and mm -hmm. not all the same, mm -hmm. but more, <laughs> mm -hmm. more um, Black women in particularly mm -hmm. um, in the field and space of inventions, because they found that when women invent, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, and they do use um the the what BIPOC BIPOC yeah black, black indigenous people, people of color, color. Mm -hmm. yeah so they do use that but um I'm a black woman so I'm gonna speak from a, a black woman's perspective mm -hmm. you know I feel like we make the world go around and hello uh, look and that, that's my opinion so not to offend anybody <laughs> or you know rub anybody wrong but that's just what it is we the mothers of the earth for sure. And, so um, that's one of the initiatives that um, the USPTO has to get more women into um, inventions and intellectual property. So that's something that I kind of want to start moving, segueing into eventually or whatever. Um, I know that it's going to be some work because I am solo um, and I'm okay because I'm good with collaborating and I'm not opposed to it at all. Um, but I just need to continue to pursue this patent bar it's and, all I, good. It, it, and when I took it it was like I just kind of fell off or whatever mm -hmm. and um but I was just glad and relieved to have it out of my way because you know how it is with studying for an exam and a bar and it's like you just want it to be over and done and even though I didn't pass it it just still felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulder right. my shoulders because now I know what to expect now I know how to right. question ask and now I know how to approach it and you know the the depth of my studying that I need to go in order for me to be able to go back and master it so um mm -hmm. I'm definitely want to get more into intellectual property because um it's the protection of you know everybody's creative genius and I think that it's amazing the way it works mm -hmm. in our wonderful United States of America pretty much um believes in 
that driving the economy and commerce and business mm -hmm. and everything. And it's a big, huge gap of education that's missing there. So um, yeah. just kind of fill that void. Yeah. I was literally just about to ask, what is intellectual property for the people? But you just broke it down. So. Yeah. It's basically your your creative your cre anything that you can create. So like mm -hmm. um your podcast, it can be copyrighted, your slogans, they can be trademarked. If you come up with some sort of process or some sort of invention to make something easier, you know, you can patent it. So it's all about whatever it is that comes out of your your brain, your intellect. Mm -hmm. Um, you can protect it. And the government is going to allow you to have a monopoly over it for a certain amount of time, you know, depending on what it is. So, yeah. Hey, I like monopoly, the game, and I like the money that come with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it, it it's something that um a lot of people are learning about and they know about now mm. because, mm. you know, in the pandemic, you know, Google issue so many degrees oh yeah you know everybody got <laughs> google university baby okay everybody got so many degrees from google university so people are a bit more in tune and you know a lot of people started businesses and mm -hmm. lfts and mm -hmm. they hear protect your brand secure your brand and blah 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 so you know people need that education because not everything is trademarkable not everything mm -hmm. is patentable so you know kind of helping them to know what's what what's not um, and just being able to provide, being a resource, that that source of information and some guidance or whatever. But um, yeah. And I, let me just chime in on this for a moment, too, because this is extremely important, particularly in the black and brown community. Our patent attorneys, trademark and all that. Extremely important because black and brown people have been known to be the creators of cool, but we don't own it. So. Finding black and brown patent trademark attorneys who can help you walk through and, you know, um, trademark anything that can be trademarked, copywritten. This is not my area, as y'all can tell. But uh, trademark things that need to be trademarked, copywritten, everything copywritten. So you can also monetize your inventions and get paid. So when people come to you, you can issue them a license and not just sell your stuff. If you don't know what I mean, Google on Google University, because I promise it'll be helpful to you. But that's why black and brown folks in this space are extremely important, because for a long time, We've been creating cool and not owning it. So this mm -hmm. is a way for us to own our cool. This is step one. So mm -hmm. just want to put that in there. Mm -hmm. And giving it away. Because you yeah. see, like with TikTok and stuff. Mm -hmm. Come on. Like, yeah, like just giving it away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not, not recognizing that is valuable until we see somebody, a major corporation is now emulating something we were doing years ago. And we're like, yeah. that, was, that was worth something? Yeah, it was. Then on top of that, too, like it'd be a lot of like young black kids making these popular dances and things like that. But then as soon as the white kids go do it, then it starts popping. Yeah. it's just like, oh, but where's the credit? But then it's just like, so boom. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't know how they didn't know how to get credit or attribution exactly. for the things they were doing. They didn't know to go see an attorney. Um, and I think it was some game. I'm not going to give the game's name and all that because that could be a problem later. But um, some game took some dances from the kids and oh, put it yeah. in with, oh, and was yeah. selling. You remember what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. And was selling the, you know, they got paid from it, but the kids didn't get paid for mm -hmm. the dances that they created. So all that kind of stuff. That's why, like, that's why we bring these type of people on because we want y'all to understand, like, we own, cool, we, we create cool and we have to now learn how to monetize and own it. 
And these are the type of people that you need to be talking to so that you can understand what your rights are, how you can preserve your rights, how you can preserve the things you create. These are why we have our um, Floyd uh, attorney Floyd Clark interviews. You know what I mean? So. Um, and the thing about it too, just um, before we move on, the mm-hmm. thing about it is, it's, it costs money, but at the end of the day, it doesn't cost you as much to go ahead and take care of it up front as it would on the back end. Because even though it may not take anything from you um, physically that you can see by you not protecting it, in the long run, when somebody else goes and they take it and they protect it, you miss out on everything that they're going to gain from it. Mm-hmm. And usually this, that's why they're taking it because people only steal stuff that has value. Absolutely. Like you've never seen anybody just kind of taking shells and rocks from the beach or whatever, stealing them because, I mean, they they everywhere. <laughs> they right. Right. So it's not anything that has any true value that you can go and make any money off of. But yeah, so it's just kind of being able to kind of have that stamina and investing in you. And it's really not that expensive. Mm-hmm. really not that expensive like one of my law school professors said when people say i can't afford a lawyer in actuality you can't afford to not not have a lawyer absolutely mm-hmm. so that's the best way to look at it because the consequences are so much more expensive than the front end so much more i went through the trademark process with did it for the hood when i was in law school because mm-hmm. i already knew that this was coming and mm-hmm. it was a you know it's a few grand or whatnot but on the back end if somebody steals it from you and makes millions, you will kick yourself for not giving up a few grand. Mm-hmm. Like you will kick yourself and then you're going to, and then you'll end up on the opposite side of the argument where the person has now made all this money. They're more powerful than you. And you're going to court trying to fight them with minimal resources. They drain you. They drain you. And they drain you dry because they know you now don't have any money. So you'll settle. Yeah. So, they drain you. Yeah. No. And the thing about it too, is people don't realize that, um, legal battles are expensive. Even if you just file in a small civil suit or something like that, you got to put out at least three or four hundred dollars. Then you got to have some served. Then you got like it's just money, 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 money. Like it's expensive. So people just think like, oh, I can sue, I can sue. You got to have money to sue. Mm-hmm. You got to go to small claims court. You got to have money. Mm-hmm. So, so protect it on the front end, so you don't even have to go through all that. Mm-hmm. Protecting, come come see a patent attorney. Come on now. We're gonna speak, <laughs> we're speaking Latin. it on you. Come see a patent Latin. attorney. Latin. All right. No, go ahead. No, and I was gonna say, like, even with contracts too, because you know, people they think that they can read and they see and they know what a contract says, but do you really know what it's saying? No. No. No, you don't. And and most people, I mean, you know, you have audio books and all of this now. Do people no. read the way they used to read? So if somebody give you uh, even if it's like a short contract that's like 10, 15 pages, are you really reading it all? Do you really know what's in it? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Getting someone to read your contracts. Yeah. Um, me and Mike had that conversation all the time because we're working in, you know, the entertainment space now. And it's infamous for them to try to slide something into your contract because under, under the expectation that you won't read it. What's it called? Indemnity? What you mean? What's it called? Indemnity clauses? Is that what it's called? Where like it's forever? No, that's a uh, perpetuity. That's perpetuity. Yeah. <laughs> you talk. I thought you were talking about being indemnified. Yeah, that's oh. what I thought he was saying. Help, because I don't know what that is. So we go. <laughs> we we gonna have a talk off camera, and then we go talk about all this. And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I got you plugged into all the lawyers, dog. I got you. Don't worry about it. I appreciate it. it. You're good, bro. 
Um, so Easter, what is your greatest motivation for all of this? Because you could have easily just rolled out, chilled out on your um your pharmacy degree. You don't have to do all this. So what's motivating you to continue on? Um, one of the biggest things is I love my time to be my time. Mm. Amen. So, Amen to that. Um, <laughs> I love the flexibility. I love the job autonomy. Um, and I've worked for large corporations, large organizations where, you know, it was somebody that always was, you know, above me. Um, somebody that always had to be the person who can say yay or nay to what you can do or whatever. And then um, working in retail pharmacy, like it can be devastating. Like you hear on the news all the time about people can't afford their medication and insulin is so expensive. Like that's real. Mm. That's real. You'll have people that come and they adding up and they trying to see what they're going to get this week versus what they're going to get next week. They'll get, you know, maybe 15 and they can kind of take half of it because something is better than nothing. Like that's real. Wow. And if it was left up to me, like I'll just give it to them here, take it, take it. But I can't do that. Yeah. So, you know, and stuff like that, it kind of, it takes a toll on you. It bothers your psyche. And the one thing that I don't like is feeling helpless mm. because um, like I said, I give freely of, of my resources, my time, um, information all the time. So the one thing that I don't want to feel is helpless. And that was one of the things that um, I wanted to make sure that in my next career that I would have. And that's one of the things that I do have now. So if somebody tell me, oh, they can't afford whatever, then, you know, I have the ability to be able to be like, I'm not going to do it for free because, you know, I still have to pay my bills too. But at the same time too, like, where can we meet in the middle so that I can be compensated and you can get what you need? Yeah. And um, like I said, I, I need to pay my bills, but at the same time too, you know, this is something that you need, especially with an estate plan because it saves your family a lot of hassle, a lot of mm. money in the end. And it can be something as small as you just having a will and a power of attorney. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be anything elaborate because you have millions and you can have a few hundreds as long as we can spell out where those few hundreds are going to go. So um, that's one of the biggest things, just being able to kind of know where I can be um, impactful. Gotcha, gotcha. actually like help so i don't have to be on the headlines and you know blasted and being the most popular person that everybody knows but just knowing that i can make a difference and help you know an everyday person who might need it mm -hmm. that's, that's real 150 mm percent. -hmm. and i was gonna say estate plan you said power of attorney what exactly is a power of attorney so a power of attorney is a document where a person can name what's called an agent and an agent will be another person. They essentially can step into your shoes and take care of matters and affairs for you on your behalf, just as if they were you. Um, a lot of times people use it when someone is sick or sickly, but it can very well be um, for somebody who's well, who just might not be available, who might not have the time, who might be in a different state. So you can let that person have power of attorney over your affairs. They can go to the bank. They can go and buy a property. They can go and sell a property. They can go open an account, close an account. So um, they pretty much can do anything that you can do for yourself with that document. Okay. And so my people that's listening that don't have estate plans, um, this is definitely something that you want to invest in. 
because we never know the time nor the hour. Mm-hmm. I just got my family's, my parents' estate plan done. I don't have an estate plan because I ain't got nothing. But um, you still need one. Okay, all right. That's, so. That's what I, we don't want to think. And I and I can't afford you right now. So anywho, huh? um, <laughs> hey, right, right now, keyword. at this moment, but God is coming with He's gonna deliver. Look, I know. But I work with people. <laughs> hey, that's that's love for real. Well, I work with people, but yeah, and that's the thing too. We don't want you to think that I can't afford you, or we don't right. want you to think I don't have anything because that's really what a lot of people think. I don't have anything. I'm sure you have a bank account. Mm. I do. Yep. I'm sure you probably have maybe a savings account. I do. Everybody is into investing. So you might even have a brokerage or a crypto or some type of investment account. So worst case scenario, if anything were to happen um, and you don't have anything in place, they got to go to court to get all of that money out. I agree. I I know you're right. I know you're right. And if they don't go to court and get it out, you know exactly what happens. I hear that. I it goes that. to the state and that unclaimed money and it kind of just sits there. Right. And you're right. Yeah. So don't think that you you can't afford one or mm-hmm. and you know a lot of do what a lot of other people do. A lot of other people they go and they Google and they print off something online. And you know, in Florida, your two witnesses and your notary stamp. Now, how solid it is, that don't matter. You got I feel smoke. that. I feel that. <laughs> You have some. See, then got on my case. I'm gonna get my life together. It be yeah. the people that know better that don't do better. But anyway, <laughs> no. yeah, it do. It, it be us. Okay. So during your climb, have you running into have you run into any racism or sexism while you're on your way up? Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, sexism, not so much. Um. But definitely um, the the microaggressions and stuff and, you know, people trying to kind of um, maybe throw their weight around or their authority. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a pharmacist, I've had a certain level of authority in, you know, in my, my hands. Mm-hmm. So that's always been something when dealing with my, um, not even, I wouldn't even necessarily say non-black because sometimes you know it'd be your own too Mm -hmm. um but they kind of want to i guess want you to remember what your place is Mm -hmm. gotcha um i i just look we're not cursing but i just hand it right back to (laughs) (laughs) as you should as you should just hand it right back to him because my thing is you know, I'm a little petite in stature, about five two, five three maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of quiet, bashful or whatnot. Maybe I smile a lot or whatever. Right. And so they kind of take that for you know my kindness for a weakness mm-hmm. until I get the f- shooting off some emails and then following them up in in person or whatnot because I'm big on. Um, paper trails and things of that nature to make sure because people in these professional atmospheres, they will lie. Mm, And if you come down to you or them, they will try to throw you under the bus every single Mm. time. 
Mm -hmm. And especially when you a little black girl, they want you to look like a little dumb black girl. And that's how they want to portray you and paint you. So when you make sure that you do your due diligence, you have your paper trail, then the hole that they digging for you, they end up falling in. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've definitely dealt with it. And um, it's, 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 it's a, a old playbook, pretty much. It's an old play from an old playbook and um, something different. They take different little twists and turns here and there, but at the same time, too, um, I'm I'm not the one. Mm. Simple. Period. Mm. Drops my... <laughs> yeah. Okay, just... I'm not the one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is... I love the energy. Love it. Um, Okay. So... So you've dealt with ups and downs. You've dealt with the sexism, the racism. Um, so I see those as obstacles. They can be obstacles if you decide to embrace them that way. Why do you keep going? Um, I'm not lending anybody that kind of control over me. Love it. Love Ever. it. And that was one thing that um, my dad taught me. He was like, if you allow people to make you mad or get you upset, take you out of character, you allow them to control you. And so I'm not mm. allowing anybody to control me or have that level of control over me. And um, at the end of the day, um, everything that I do is for me and mine. Mm. And if I allow you to knock me off of my game, then where does that leave me? Mm. Another bar. She I, 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 bar. I, needed, I needed that reminder so good today. Thank you. This I, conversation I, hit me right where it hurts. Okay. Hit me in my heart. I'm temple. choked up. <laughs> so, uh, oh, no, no i appreciate it um so you've made a lot of sacrifices i'm sure like what are some of the sacrifices that you had to to go through to get where you are oh oh oh, oh. um well you know i left um pharmacy to go to law school so i think that that probably was the biggest thing because mm. i was pretty much in a career um very comfortable um already making six figures and then I just resigned. I'm about to go be a student. I went and be a student. I submitted my um resignation mm. and I didn't look back. Mm. One of my girlfriends, I had her reading over it like, is this too harsh? Like, is it kind of abrasive? Like, do I need to change it? And so um I sent it to her. She was like, email it to me. Let me see. And then she was like, no, it's perfect. Send it and don't look back. Wow. I was like, she was like, hit send and don't look back. Wow. I hit send and I haven't looked back yet. <laughs> that just made me think. Can you talk about the importance of having a support system? Um, oh yeah, that's that's definitely, definitely major because um at the time I had a one-year-old. Mm. Um and all of the other things that go along with living life, you know, mortgage, insurance, um, uh, bills, everyday bills or whatever. And um, I thought about it, but I didn't think about it. And when I say I thought about it, I just figured, you know, like I said, I had my retail job in my back pocket. I've always had it. Instead of me running up and down the road, traveling or whatever, now this can be, you know, my my source of income while I figure this out, while I go to school. Um, didn't even take into consideration the the level 
of work, like the workload that was going to be associated with being a law student. Child. We didn't even think about the um the cost that would be associated with buying books because I knew I can get financial aid for yeah. tuition. Yeah. But I didn't think about buying books. Um Child. and the books. So you know expensive. all of that other stuff, but um just I prayed about it. Mm -hmm. Um it worked out. Everything kind of fell into place. I didn't have it all figured out. And that was one thing that I learned when I had a baby. I'm not going to have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. So that whole deal, and I used to be a planner. I would plan vacations and to do things and plan it to a T. I know I'm going to arrive at this time. I'm going to have dinner at that time. We're going to get up and we're going to go do this excursion. After that, we're going to have, like I would plan things. Mm -hmm. That was what I did. I planned things. But after I had a child, that all went out the window. Mm -hmm. And the same thing kind of with me deciding that I was going to go to law school. Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to go. I knew it took money. Mm -hmm. I knew I could get financial aid. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I had, you know, another source of income. It wasn't tried and true, but, you know, I knew I could get it done. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I got in, things started falling into place. I just kept praying about it and going forward, praying about it and going forward. And it just kept working itself out and working itself out. And I just looked back on it and it was like, I went to school with a with a toddler. <laughs> I worked the job. Love it. Um, I found another job because my retail job wasn't really giving me any hours. So I found a job at a hospital. So I worked at a hospital 20 hours. Mm -hmm. um, I was taking a full, when I got to FAMU, I was taking 15 hours, um, a full load. And one of the things that I had to sacrifice with my schedule was not taking the classes that I wanted to take all the time, mm -hmm. because I only know that I knew that I wanted to go to school two days a week because I had to be able to go to work at least two days a week. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of classes I couldn't take because, you know, with FAMU schedule, remember, they used to have stuff three times a week. And it was like, who does that? But it would be things like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sometime it would be Monday, Thursday, Friday, like it would just be crazy. So um, I had to get a schedule that was going to be conducive to me being able to work. Um, so that meant me going and driving because I lived in Tampa when I was in school. So I would drive over to Orlando on I-4 at least an hour and a half, um, taking evidence at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know what I was thinking, but I took evidence at eight o'clock in the morning. Yes, I did. Um, so driving over on I-4 for an hour and a half, um, three hours a day on the road, twice a week at least, and then um, going to work <laughs> in between, like just. I don't think I, our listeners can't see my face, but my face is looking like this girl crazy. Yeah, and you know what? When I, was, <laughs> when I was in it, I was like, I was so focused. And I think one of the things that I didn't do too was I didn't really share it. Like mm. I didn't really tell, oh, like, yeah, I drive an hour. Because, you know, people always complaining in school, this class and that class and reading and blah, blah, blah. Like everybody kind of have their own little struggles or gripes or whatever. And, you know, sometimes I just be listening like, you don't even know the half. Listen, I'm I tell yeah, people I'm I tell people all the time. I say, if you want sympathy, don't call a law student because they're not yeah. gonna give you none. <laughs> like you don't even know they have. But um, I just just kind of just kind of listen, and you yeah. know, it'll get better. Like, and my thing was, this is all temporary. Yeah. But I think that one of the ways that I protected myself, my mental health, and my sanity 
Well, I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want anybody fears being projected on me. Yes. I didn't want anybody questioning like, well, how you do this? How you yes. do this? Because I didn't know how I was doing it. Yes. You know, just by the grace mm-hmm. of God. And grace. I, I was doing it. Yeah, yeah, I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have family like my aunt, my husband. Um, my aunt had a friend at church that was um, a nanny for us that helped out with my daughter. So, um it was really like when they said take a village, it was really, um, you know, a village and a concerted effort and, you know, just God having mm. favor on me. So, yeah. Mm. That's so beautiful. Because I, I that was going to be my next question. I was going to say, what role did faith play in your process? But go ahead. Tell us. Yeah, exactly. It was like every every step of the way for mm. me deciding to go and you know even with now with me being a solo like I'd be like Lord please just give me a sign like mm-hmm. I need like this is where I need to be like please give me a sign like I'll just say it like and I'll just say it out loud like I'm talking to somebody like Lord please give me a sign or whatever because like for the month of October oh my gosh it was so slow for me it was so quiet and I'm thinking like I may need to go find me a job I need to go apply and let's see if somebody will give me a job but then um I was just like Lord please just give me a sign and then here came November and the phone started ringing and you know calls were coming in and messages were coming in so um yeah like it's difficult it's hard it's just like anything else or whatever and um it's it's a struggle but you just kind of have to know that this is what you are supposed to be doing um just kind of stay focused and know that it's not gonna always be you know good it's not gonna always be roses or whatever just gotta trust and believe that the good will outweigh the bad and as long as you can believe it I think that you'll be okay and um it just get to the point to where you know that you have to go through something in order for you to you know achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve yeah so yeah yeah no dream is free okay y'all gotta understand that no (laughs) dream is free it's gonna cost you something and it's never gonna be in the form of money no it's gonna cost you time it's gonna cost you stress something else and and i think that's an uh that's a valuable lesson that we have to learn over time and it comes through achieving and attempting to achieve things that the the dream is free but the grind is so separately so you can sit in the house and just, oh, yeah, I want to be. But once you start putting uh, wheels in motion, things are going to start happening um, and different crooks and turns are going to happen. But, you know, you stay prayed up and you stay centered and God has you at every turn. Um, but that I didn't know you was driving back and forth. Oh, and she said she said something interesting, too, that I want to highlight, because if you didn't go to law school, you don't kind of understand evidence is one of the hardest classes in law school. So to take it at eight o'clock in the morning, she was covered. You understand? <laughs> she was covered. Ain't no way in the world. We took evidence at 5 p.m. There's no way I could have took it at eight o'clock. My brain wasn't up yet. Eight o'clock in the morning, baby. First thing in the morning. That is first thing in the morning after sitting on the highway and you know we were not supposed to park in that garage i was coming in that garage every other morning on two wheels girl i ain't never listened to that (laughs) that's crazy they they had a parking garage that was next to our school that belonged to the justice building and we weren't supposed to park in there girl please no because look my school be trying to do that same thing and then be trying to like have folks trapped in the garage overnight like uh -uh, yeah yeah I would come no. in the garage every morning on two wheels, <laughs> squaring off with security on my way across. Okay. The 
Because what you finna do? Nothing. Nothing. He had the nerve to tell me one day that they were gonna tow my car. I said, okay, that's fine. Good luck with them getting inside. Because a tow truck Thank couldn't you. even get in that garage. No, nah, it was too small. Yeah. The so clearance was too low. Yeah. Oh man. I just oh. right on like whatever. Okay, good luck. <laughs> but I know I wanted to uh switch gears a little bit just to ask you, who are you outside of work? Um, pretty much the same person at work. I don't have that many faces. Um, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Not for real, though. Yeah, real yeah, I don't have that many faces because you'll get the same me. I mean, I might be a little bit more raw outside of work or whatever, but um, for the most part, I'm pretty much the same. Um, what you see is what you get. Um. I can't really deal with that imposter syndrome of wanting to be this and that, and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. Um, it's exhausting. Mm. It's exhausting. Um, I, I'm too old for it. And if I'm for you, I'm for you. If I'm not for you, I'm not for you. Um, for sure. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Sure. I'm perfectly fine mm. with it. Um, I'm securing myself. Um, and... Like I said, if I'm for you, I'm for you. If I'm not, and I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with it because not everybody's for everybody. Um, so the same, carefree, um, my own version of bubbly. Um, yeah, I, I love right. having a good time. Um, but yeah. So what are your personal passions that are not tied to your career? Um, I I love traveling. Mm -hmm. um, I have a now seven-year-old. And um, she mm -hmm. likes traveling as well. So we like going to see and do different things, different places. Um, just trying new stuff. I love culture. Mm. Um, love right. learning about different cultures. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the things that I love about South Florida. Everybody's from everywhere. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just bursting at the seams with culture. And even though, you know, we all may be, black and brown people um but we also different like we have yeah. different learned and lived experiences or whatever and you know we can learn from each other and i think that that enriches who we are as people 150,000%. So, if yeah. you've never gotten an opportunity to travel out the country people make sure you make that a priority yeah. cuz i know when i went um i just went to, to DR Dominican Republic and it was such an amazing thing when i got to see this is such a weird thing to connect. So y'all just stick with me for a second. When I got to see all of these dark skinned people speaking Spanish, it kind of connected like um, history for me. It connected like the slave trade of our people right. being dropped everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. But mm -hmm. it was an amazing thing to see. And that was just one of the first times I went out of the country. So if y'all get an opportunity to travel, please do. It will definitely change you. Mm -hmm. in some positive ways um so how do you balance your passion i mean because now you're solo when you're saying solo it means you practice alone mm -hmm. um how do you balance your passion for traveling in your career do you have like a certain amount of vacations you take a year or is it just kind of sporadic mm -mm, i just do what i want to do whenever i want to do it i know that's that's <laughs> love it that's i like that energy you know <laughs> it's freedom Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the flexibility and the freedom is pretty much um what I've been building up to with, you know, kind of 
pursuing the different careers or whatnot, because, you know, with pharmacy, I'm tethered. I have to be there. Um, And with law, um, I I have to be there, but only, you know, in certain circumstances and situations or whatever. But I can take my computer with me. I can do a consult with you. Um, if you need some documents or whatever, you know, all of that stuff is electronic. Um, I can schedule to do whatever we need to do in person whenever I'm back. Right. So, yeah, I love the, the, the flexibility, the freedom, the autonomy. The only thing is, is I have a school age child now, so I have to keep that in, right. um, in focus. But other than that, when school is out, um, and I'll take out a day or two here and there too. So I feel that yeah, like it don't matter. And you know, as long as it's nothing major going on at school, yeah. but she's only in second grade. They not doing <laughs> right. That, so. yeah. Not to start multiplication. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And, and she's thriving in school. So it's nothing that she won't be able to catch up. And then we do a lot of stuff at home to where she's actually ahead. So, for her to miss a day or two, it's nothing. So yeah, I just plan it and do it. That's it. Plan and play. There you go. <laughs> Have a good time. I ain't mad. I love it. Y'all don't understand. I be loving black joy and people doing things and traveling and enjoying themselves. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what advice would you give to the next generation that wants to follow in your footsteps? Um, don't listen to other people. And, you know, that can be a double-edged sword. So um, you want to listen to the degree to where it's applicable to you. And Mm -hmm. when I say to where it's applicable to you, um, pick and choose. So just because somebody tells you something and it worked for them, that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it necessarily will work for you. So true. And um, a lot of times when people say things, um, you kind of have to, you can always listen and, you know, be respectful or whatever, but it, it doesn't always have to be something that you have to apply to your life sure. because um, things don't extrapolate, you know, from one to the other as seamlessly as people would think it should and would. Right. Um, so, and that's why I've, I look at people now on um, social media, like on Instagram, everybody want to sell um, time and information. They want to sell how I did this and how I did that. And they don't really tell you all of the other factors that um come in on the backside mm-hmm. and how they probably had, you know, a, a, a small fortune to start off with. Like their foundation was way more secure than yours would ever be. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can listen to people, but that doesn't necessarily make it you know, your journey or whatever. So um, listen, but at the same time too, just know what it is that you want to do and focus more so on what it would take for you to get there mm. and then be willing to do and put in the work. Mm. Because um, like they say, what what is it? Faith without work is dead. That's it. So just be willing to put in the work because I can tell you what I did from A to Z and hold your hand all the way through it. But that still doesn't mean that you will come out with the same results that I've had. So you have to kind of be able to manipulate things to um, make them work for you and then know you yourself too. Like 
just just kind of reflect and have some deep thoughts and conversations with yourself and know what it is that's really going to make you move what's really going to make you get out of the bed at four o'clock and be on the road by five o'clock so you can be wherever you need to be by eight o'clock mm -hmm. um so whatever it is that's gonna like tie that fire up under you and that's what what you need to kind of like focus on so listen and take things what may have worked for other people and try to see what you can do to manipulate it or use it for inspiration for you but don't just take it for face value and think that oh if they did it and i can do it mm -hmm. or because they did it this way i can do it this way too because it doesn't always work that way and i think that's kind of how a lot of people nowadays get caught up because mm. everybody wants everything so fast, fast, fast. And, you know, do this in six months, you know, make a million dollars by investing this amount or that amount or whatever. And nothing happens overnight. That's real. So that's real. Cause I, I, I heard a saying that said the right way to do things is usually the longest way to do things. The longest way. Mm hmm. So there is no there's no quick fix. You're not going to rush to success because it's going to take you a certain amount of years of messing up just to get it right. Exactly. So <laughs> if, if it take you five years to mess up, it's going to take you at least five to clean it up and another five to get to where you originally were trying to go. Exactly. <laughs> now, 15 in, you've arrived. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell young people all the time, like when because, uh, you know, I still be in retail and a lot of the technicians and stuff that I work with they in school and they trying to figure it out or you know they um want to do this they want to do that but then they start thinking oh but it's going to take this long it's going to take that long and my question is always well what else are you doing time going to pass anyway mm -hmm. yeah what what are you doing anyway mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they just kind of like look at me like yeah what do you mean? so I just repeat it what else are you doing what are you mm -hmm. doing and you doing nothing but going to work yeah Complaining about work, not making enough, um, probably wasting what you are making. So, like, what else are you doing? Like, what else would you be doing? Well, look back on the past five years and what were you doing? So, what are you gonna be doing for the next five years? Yeah. So it's like, don't don't box yourself in, don't put all of these unrealistic, you know, time limitations and restrictions on yourself because mm -hmm. then you start kind of getting obsessed with everything being about timing. You put yourself on a timer and nothing happens in your time. It doesn't. Nothing happens in your time. So that was something that I had to learn to nothing is when you just kind of let go and go with the flow or whatever. Yeah things just kind of start to fall into place if it happens this year that's fine if it happens five years from now you know that's just as good because you weren't ready for it five years ago mm, i think we mm. hate that preparation process mm -hmm. i was literally it's all i'm thinking of and i'm like mother nature always do her thing yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. you're not gonna get whatever it is that you're yearning and longing for until you're absolutely ready and i say it all the time now with just certain things like I would be a mess. Like if I had certain things right now, I would be a mess. I wouldn't know what I wouldn't know how to act. So that's why I can't have certain things right now. Yeah. Well, this yeah. I already know I wouldn't know how to act. <laughs> but that's true though. <laughs> yeah. And I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with it because I know that it's coming. And when right. I get it, it's gonna be when I'm supposed to have it. And when you're ready and you fully yeah. matured into the space where God wanted you to be so he could bless you. Because right. if you give a blessing to a person that's not prepared, it's really a curse. Yeah. Yeah. And no. you 
kind of squander it away. Yeah. Waste it. Don't appreciate it. Yeah. So, yeah. Or you let somebody take it because you don't know how to protect it. <laughs> yes. Child. All right. See, I, I was not here for all this it's today. So, so you so were, many this wasn't supposed to be all this. This wasn't this was supposed to be a hey, how you doing? This wasn't supposed to be all this. Nah. Now you know that's not how we do tea. Come on. Now. I, I know. I know. It's never <laughs> that way. But um Easter, over the course of your life, have you developed a personal motto, something that's a mantra that you live by? The only thing that I would say, and I guess I never look at it as a personal mantra, but I guess it is. But um, my thing is nobody's better than me. Mm. So when I see something um, that I want or something I want to do mm. and I look at whoever it is that may have went before me, my thing is they know better than me. That's right. So if, if they can do it, then I can do it. And I tell people that too. So like, um, for example, I was at an event, I guess about two weeks ago, excuse me. And it was a, um, another lady there. She was a professional and she was like, Oh, you're a lawyer. Like, Oh, I wanted to go to law school. You know, I want to do it. I wanted to do it. And I was like, do it, like do it. And she right. was like, she was like, girl, I'm too old now. And I was like, no, you're not. I was like, and then she asked me how old I was and told me how she was. And I was like, look, if you want to do it, do it. I said, because I went, this is a second career for me. I was a little bit older. I had a lot of responsibilities and whatnot. I was like, and I'm no better than you. Mm. And, I, and she was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. So I don't know if she's going to do it or not. But, you know, it was kind of like, you know, a little bit of a light bulb went off when I was like, I'm no better than you. Mm -hmm. So because, you know, people tend to kind of um, associate status with uh, careers and you know um socioeconomic profiles or whatever and when you strip people down like they taught us in civil procedure you strip it down till it's bare allegations so mm -hmm. you strip people down to just who they are as a person or whatever without all the titles without all the mm -hmm. bank accounts and the salaries or whatever who is that person mm -hmm. they just Another person that put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you, they're no better than you. Mm. Um, and yes, some of us may have, you know, a few more obstacles or whatnot that are put in our pathway. I just kind of see that as us being the chosen ones because we have the mental stamina and strength or whatnot. So there's something greater that's going to lie ahead for us, but we need to be prepared for it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my thing. I don't think anybody's any better than me. And, um, if they can do it, then I can do it too. You know, of course, anything that's within reason, because there's a lot of stuff that people do that I don't care to do <laughs> or that they have that I don't care to have. So, yeah. Thank you for that wisdom. <laughs> for real. You just oh, dropping jewels. I'm just, I feel a way after this interview. Yeah. Me too. Like I'm, my belly stirred. I am. I, I think, uh, first of all, it, thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this interview. You you dropped a lot of gems, and I think you spoke to a lot of people's spirits in ways that needed to be spoke to. So I appreciate it. Um, welcome. It has been amazing speaking to you. You have done amazing things. One of the things that made me, I, I said it from the beginning, but I couldn't believe somebody was doing pharmacy and law. Like, I just couldn't grasp that. Um, but now that you've explained more about who you are and the things you believe, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on again. You are welcome. You are welcome. My name is T Hardaway. 
And I'm Michael Basel. And this is the Did It For The Hood podcast, baby. Make sure y'all check back in. Mm-hmm. We're going to be... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Easter, what is your social media stuff? Oh, um, at queeneaster.esq. Okay. And if anybody wants to solicit your services, how do they reach out to you? Um, I have um, my phone number. They can also... I mean, they can go to my Instagram and send me a message or whatever, and I can contact um, make contact with them that way. But my phone number, my office number, 954-372-6032. My email is easter at floydclarklegal.com. And Clark is spelled with an E, like the, my husband, Jamaican, so the old British. <laughs> got you, got you. Um, so yeah, easter at floydclarklegal.com. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Let me run it correctly. My name is T. Hardaway. Michael Basel. And we are the Did It For The Hood podcast, baby. Thank y'all so much for uh, tuning in with us and check back in next week. Peace. Let's get it.